So as in the past, if you want to download the um, other sheets that we'll be using tonight, they're on domestic.blogspot.com. All right, we're going to start on Duff Yud Tess. The tiny's are up there, Josh, if you want to grab them. Right up there. Uh, which is right in the middle of chapter 13, Parakid Gimel. Okay. So, what we're discussing now, going back to the level of the Benani, which is what we call the uh, focused person of the Tanya, um, no slouch by any uh, extent of our imagination clearly a person of a tremendous exalted status but as he described last week this Benini does not live in a, a constant stage of being engulfed in the love of HaKadosh Baruch quite the contrary it's only during davening that this person feels a, um, a strong love for HaKadosh Baruch after davening when he goes off to work he does the rest of the thing the rest of his daily things, he goes back to normal life. And that's how Rabbi, he said, made the mistake about himself thinking that he was a Benini because he clearly felt that type of love, but he figured that it was, you know, he was constantly in a stage of davening. And that's what led him to have that experience. So now we're at the two dots about uh, eight or nine lines down from the top on page Yotess. This level of love, which is discussed about the Benini, that a person is able to experience if they prepare correctly for davening, which takes place by the person allowing their godly soul to gain the upper hand. When we compare this level of the Benini, and we compare it to the level of the true tzaddik that we've been discussing in the earlier chapters, who are those who are those who serve HaKadosh Baruch with tremendous love and passion. So when we compare them, Ein b'chinas ahavazu, this level of love is not called nikras b'shem avedus emes klal. Even though this guy, as we've discussed earlier, never thinks about what is going on. What is that buzz? Oh, okay. So that person never thinks about doing an avera. He would never consider doing uh, active avera. And he's able during davening to turn on the, the deepest, most intense levels of love. Nonetheless, compared to the Aveda the Tzadik, it's not called Avedas Emes at all. Why? See, he explains. That's because Me'acha Because the love and the passion disappears after davening. Uksiv, and the Pasuk says, Svas Emes a true expression lasts forever. And here it's coming to exclude falsehood, meaning the definition of falsehood 
is that which passes. You find, for instance, in halachic terminology, in the laws of mikvah, so, talks about, there's something called a, a mayan. A mayan is a, uh, wellspring. a wellspring. A wellspring is the highest level of tahari you could get. Many mikvahs attempt to build their mikvah by digging down until you reach. When we built our mikvah, we also tried. And we hit the level of a spring, but the water didn't rise to the surface. You would have to put a pump in, and that defeats the purpose. Many places, though, when they, once they hit that place, the water comes to the top. That's the highest level, because then even in running water, you could be mentally yourself. It has all kinds of uh, hidurim in a mayan, a spring takes of this. So the Mishnah, when it speaks about a river that dries up, you go to California, look, during the summer months, many of the rivers dry up. That's called Maim Hamechazvin. That's how it's referred to in the Mishnah. Kazav is falsehood. It's a false river. Why? Because it dries up at times. Truth is Kaim La'at. So, compared to the level of the Tzaddik, who's always on, this is not called Emes at all. This level of observance, this level of passion, is not referred to as emis. Now, brother me, why is he telling us this? This is supposed to be uplifting for the Bainani. Why is he putting him down? So you see in a moment why. I think it's a critical, critical lesson. Viafal Piquet, despite the fact that compared to the level of the Avaida of the Tzaddik, this level of Ahava, of the Benini, is not considered Emes. But what's critical for us to understand is Despite the fact that compared to the level of the Tzaddik, this is not considered Emes. But Compared to the level of the Benini, this is considered an absolute, whole, perfect Emes Aveda. Ish, Ish, Kefim each person according to their level, Bimadregas Abeninim. That means to say that Beninim are not, no two Beninim are created alike. Every Benini has their level, and every Benini at their level is serving a, an Avedah which is Emes for them. What's he telling us here? He's telling us a critical lesson. And that is, stop comparing yourselves to other people. What is for somebody else Emes is for you Sheker, and what for you is Sheker is for somebody else Emes. Meaning, other people's Madrigas are completely and totally irrelevant us. Didn't know that in the beginning? We did? Yeah, he says that every Nashal has a different uh, level of, of, of acquiring mm-hmm. the He's just saying it here in a different way, but he's saying it in a very pointed way, meaning a, a very specific aspect. What he's saying, what he's teaching us here, is that a person has to strive to find their emis and I believe that the Chiddush and what he's saying is, 
is that this is not apologetics, meaning it's okay for you, but that every person at the level that they're at has their madrig of emes. Going beyond that is sheker. Going up over and above that to something which they have no business doing is sheker, and being beneath that is sheker. So by com- by doing comparisons, the person gains nothing. Quite the contrary, they're hurting themselves because they're entering a world which for them is sheker. But what Gabi is saying, when a Benini is created, is, is a Benini created as a Benini? He's going to get to that later on in the safe. Oh, so Zach is bringing up a very important point. What do you do with the fact that it says kinas seifrim that being jealous of other people's avodah does have a place and an advantage? It's not on this level. Meaning, it's not about madregis. You're supposed to learn from somebody else's asmal. You're supposed to learn about other things that are relevant to you. But when it comes to madrega per se. I want to be a Baal Ruach HaKodesh. I want to be a, you fill in the blanks, that's a bunch of Irish kind. And how do you talk about those people who say you should at least try to oh. attain to that level? Not, not attaining levels. Doing. For doing, there's kin is appropriate. Let's see it inside. How can it be that it's MS? I, what do you do with the fact that Lemaise, he explained that after davening it passes. The love passes. If the love passes, then it seems to be, by definition, Sheker. Rashi, in, in uh, where's the Gemara? Rashi says on the word Emes, that Emes is Reich Teich Seif. Emes is made up of the first letter of the alphabet, the very middle letter of the alphabet, and the last letter of the alphabet. Because it points to the balance the consistency that he's talking about. So, how can you say that the Bainanese level is emes for them if he just said himself that it passes right after Davin? So he says a very fundamental thing. You know why it's true? Because at any given time, we have the capacity in potential, to go back and to once again wake up this love, always, through the challenge, through the winning, during so, he's introducing a phenomenal concept, and that is, that if a person has the potential to ignite, then it's as if it is. You find the concept in the, in the Gemara, okay. right? If it could be mixed up, right, with the carbon mincha, then mixing it is not mak. There's extra copies if you need a copy. Oh, you have yours. Yeah, I got so it. then, here, due to the fact that a person could ignite the love, <clears throat> therefore the love exists. Obviously, it's going to take preparation. Obviously, each person, according to their level that they're at, it's going to require the appropriate hachana to be able to kindle the type of love, the type of reaction, the type of reality which is appropriate for that person. So doesn't all prove the whole this whole premise that emes and it's, if you 
the, the ramifications of this are huge. That emes is not an absolute. Emes is according to the person's madrega. How do I know? We know, we are taught, that the midah of emes is the attribute of yankiv. The Sifre Kodesh, beginning with the Zoyer, calls Yankim Avinu the Briach HaTich in this last week's parsha. There was a single pole that went through all the walls of the Mishkan from one end to the other. HaMavriach Menachotza Lekotza. That goes from one edge of the Mishkan to the other. Merum HaMailis Umadregais. And what this is teaching us, this attribute of Yankim Avinu, this level of Emes, pervades every level of Jewish existence. From the highest, most deepest, loving Jew, to the simplest Jew. How can it be the same? This guy's a, a Baruch HaKadosh, a guy who has a, uh, you know, the visions of, of the Merkava, down to a person who has visions of a Chevrolet. How do you, you know, how do you, uh, how can they both be the same the same level of Ahava. So he says, Elamai, every person at their Madrega has their Emes. And it's by definition has to be so. The Svasemis points us out all the time that, that, that a person has to go looking for the Kiyum, for the sustaining force of everything that exists in the world. Nothing could exist without the spark of a Kodesh Baruch in it. And therefore, if a person has open eyes, they find the kiyum of all things, which is the emis of its existence. And here he's saying that that, that has to exist within us. madrega, And at every level where Jews find themselves, mavriach, this emis of Yankiv has to span, it goes straight through the center point, shinikudas pchinas midas emes shalah. That is, it is the very pinpoint, the nikuda of emes, of that person at the level that they're at. Oh, therefore, umidas emes For this reason, emes is a nachla, it's an inheritance without boundaries, because it, it touches Jews at every level where they're at. They have their emes. It has no limits at the heights, to the highest of heights. But we have to understand that every level beneath it, obviously, as the emiss is exposed, as a person is elevated, or as you look at different people who are at a, a higher level, their emiss is in no way comparable to the emes of people who are not at that level yet. But nonetheless, it's emes for them. So he introduces here a very fascinating concept, and that is that we have to grow in our observance. And as we grow in our observance, as we grow in our exposure, our definition of emes grows. But that it doesn't allow for the dismissal of emes of each person at the madriga that they're at. Then, just to make sure we don't understand what he's saying, he throws in some Kabbalah. As those who know Kabbalah understand, 
that the mind, the, the top level of the lowest of levels, and the mata are still way below Mibchinis Ikvayim, even from the heels, they're even lower, okay, the head of the lowest of levels, are lower than the heels of the upper madregas. This the Gemara refers to the level of malachim called chayis are higher and deeper than the heads of the category of malachim that are beneath them. So the point is clearly that the madrega that the tzaddik is at is way beyond his emes is way beyond the emes of the Benini. There's no overlap. There's no overlap. But nonetheless, don't dismiss the emiss of the Benini. That's the point that he's trying to focus on, is don't look at it and say, look, I can never attain the visions of Yechezkel. I can never come to the the clarity of Rebel Yashiv. Right? It's not... Who says you have to? Right. Not, it's not part of your... That's not part of your Madrig. Can you, now... Can you make yourself feel better by looking at the Russia? I have more MS than he does. It, it happens to be true, but what, where is it going to get you? I mean, we don't, we're not compared to them. We're compared no, to what we could become. Just to, you know, to use a boost in the army. Yeah. Now, here is a very interesting safer. This, the Vitsiva Hakayan that we'll learn now, this piece of Vitsiva Hakayan was authored by Reb Aaron Shmuel Hakayin, who was a son of Reb Naftali Hirtz Hakayin, who was the son of the Smichas Chacham. The Smichas Chacham was the Godladar, one of the the most famous of the Paiskim and and Mefarshim Shas. Now, this Sefer Vitzivaka, he was he was a Talmud of the Magid of Mizrich, okay, and this. The sefer that we have, he wrote several svarim, one on medrash and shalos tshuvas. All we have is the introduction to the shalos tshuvas. The rest of it is lost; it was never printed. This vitziva koyin was his tzava. It was his will. Okay, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous sefer. He has mamish um, magnificent things, but he quotes a great deal from his rebbe, from the great magid of Mizrich. Now. The person he's going to quote here is a contemporary of his who authored the Sefer Arameir. The Arameir was one of the uh, three or four Svarm that Ramatullah tells Rabbalabala to learn. Tells him to learn Tanya from cover to cover, Bermaim Chaim, Moranayim, and Arameir. It's a very, very, the Arameir is a very, very passionate Sefer. And he quotes him here, again, quoting the Magid, and the, the historians write about the Aram Meir, whose name was Rebzev Wolf from Zhitomer, that um, the Magid said about the Aram Meir that none of his Talmidim comprehended his Divya as clearly as did the Aram Meir. That's a pretty strong uh, haskama. Um, the Rizhiner used to tell that the Magid, and remember the Rizhiner was a grandson of, of the Magid. So the 
Rizna once sent that there was after the Maggid had, had spoken, the Maggid used to come down unannounced to his Talmidim, and everybody writes, as all the Talmidim write, that he walked with a, he had a bad leg, so they would hear him coming because he would drag a foot and he walked with a stick. And he'd come in, and when he was inspired, he would give over Divritar, and then the Talmidim would go and review the Divritar that they had just heard. So, they went. They all went back to where they were staying, and the Talmidim were debating the words of the Maggid, and the Arameir went to lay down. He was laying in bed with his eyes closed. The Maggid sent his Gabai to tell the Arameir, to tell Reb Zavolf, to stop reviewing his divitariat because it wasn't allowing him to sleep. The Maggid wanted to go to sleep, and he was disturbing his sleep. The guy comes in, and sees that Zavolf is sleeping. So he doesn't bother him. He goes back. And a few minutes later, the Maggid says to him, I told you to go tell him to stop. So he goes back again. He goes back and says, I told you to tell him to stop. Anyway, this goes back several times until he realizes that when it, while it looked to him like he was sleeping, that he obviously was not, was not sleeping. I mean, you see from here not just the greatness of the... Um, or a mayor, but you see the fact that his divitera were disturbing the Maggid's sleep, and that the Maggid saw his sleep as being um, of such value that the Aramea better cut it out because he wanted to sleep. So take a look here on Daf Kufhei. Because one of the things that always intrigues me about, especially about Sifre Chabad, is that they seem to be on their own track without any of their contemporaries ever talking about the same concepts. So here, we find a very interesting thing in that this Vitziv Koyin, who was a contemporary of the Baltania, right? They were both by the Magid. That he also addresses this challenge of the Benani, which isn't mentioned anywhere else in the works of the Talmidei HaMagid. So you take a look here. V'shamati. V'shamati ha'amiti. I heard from the mouth of the pious one, the true wise man, who repeated, I'm almost sure, he repeated in the name of the Magid, and you'll see this being very reminiscent of what we've been learning, due to the fact that the person serves two masters, like the Gemara Bracha says that the Beninim has these two judges who are constantly pulling at him. Sometimes the person is serving his creator. And at other times the person is serving their Yetzer. And at times the person finds it difficult to judge. Sometimes we really want to get a glimpse into which one am I more connected to? Imla Yamin, am I more connected to the right, to the Yitzhatoyv? Vimla Smail, or do I spend more time involved with my Yitzhara? Which one is more me? Vabhina so how does a person test themselves, taught the Magid? For a person to find out which one they're more connected to. 
Zayeda, he can figure this out. Behirhurov, Be'es Hapnai. Person can figure it out by th- recognizing what do they think of when they're not doing anything special, when they have open time. If their thoughts are about holy things, he can know that his soul is not separated from Torah. And so is true the opposite, that if he finds his mind wandering without pressure, meaning what are the natural thoughts that enter into the person's mind? Are they thoughts which are good? Are they thoughts which are inappropriate? That's how a person can tell where he's at. The most opportune time for a person to judge this is when he's laying in bed to go to sleep. So the person's mind is very wide open. He should see what he contemplates. That's how a person can tell which way is more beloved to them. That's where the Magid's message ended. So the Arameyer interprets based upon this. He said kind of in a humorous way. King David says in the Song of Songs as follows. Akuma, gorgeous interpretation to this passage. Akuma David the says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to wander in the city. Right, the famous passage in Shir Shir. Bekashti I'm looking for that which I love. Bekashti I go out and looking and I can't find it. Right. says the Arameir Ki aguf nikri'ir the body is called a city like Shlaim HaMelech himself writes in Kohelis Ir Ketana there's a small city Vanoshim Bama'at the Kohel Aguf the Gemara tells us that the Ir Ketana refers to the person's body it's a small city Vizesh Shiksiv said the Arameir this is what the Pasuk is saying I get up, and I'm looking around in the city. The person himself, the person is searching in his own body. He recognizes about himself that he's constantly, he's dancing at two chasanas. And he's worshipping two gods. So he's out looking to find out what is it that I love. The person wants to know about himself. Which one is more beloved to me? Am I, do I have a greater, deeper, more loving relationship with the path of Torah and Avaida? Or am I more into the rest of the matters of the world? And the person says about themselves, Bakashti, I'm searching for I can't I can't figure it out. He can't figure out about himself. Which one am I? 
is Omar continues the pasuk and says Al Mishkavai Belelis Bekashti Eshahavanavshi. When I lay down in bed at night, I was able to find what I love. How? Because if the person sees, at a time that his mind is open, it's not occupied by anything in particular, if he can realize at that time, what does he think about? By that the person can figure out, the person can figure out what he loves more. Usvasayim, something. We're saying that's what his nefesh loves more at that moment, or bechal? No, that's what he. That's where he's at. That's where the person is at in his maturity. At his right at that moment. He goes on to talk about the value of learning things balpeh, of a person uh, training themselves to discipline themselves to think and to retire to have it's a very very fascinating thing because different people depending on their minds work can train themselves can accustom themselves to um, think about the kind of divitary that grip them some people enjoy uh, mathematical stuff some people enjoy um, pill pull other people enjoy stuff that has uh, you know cabalistic things I remember that when I first, when Hechol, um, Hechol Menachem started releasing the Likutei Torah from the Baltanya, it was the first time that I ever understood any of his, you know, that Chelik of his Divrei Torah. And I found it so totally absorbing, I found myself dreaming about it at night. It was so overwhelmingly um, occupying it was just it, it take it was the kind of divitary that can take over your entire you know wherever you look wherever you see that's what he, he speaks about it in Derech HaMelech the Pusetz Rebbe talks about the fact that when your mind is involved in a an exciting idea in divitary no matter what you learn no matter what you see in davening and in in Gemara and Chumash wherever you look you're going to interpret whatever you're looking at based upon the exciting idea that you're involved with at the time. But, you know, sometimes you can lay in bed and say, okay, I want to think about something noble. And you draw a blank because you're not involved in anything of any of any depth. And that's really where Eon, where the concept of learning something and with kind of depth, it's very hard to do with Afyami because the minute you close the Gemara, you don't remember what you were learning. But when your mind is involved in something which is more gripping, then it's something you can go back and revisit. So at least you see here that this concept of the Benini who's serving both masters was a, something which uh, was on the uh, you know, there were going on at the, at the uh, table of the Magid that the various Talmidim of the Magid were discussing. <laughs>